0: Hi, you're listening to Andrew Farris on NXS Access All Areas with Hayden and B. Check it out.
1: Welcome to excess Access All Areas. My name is B, and I will be co-hosting this series of podcasts with my excess nerd, Hayden Murdoch. We will be delving deep with you all to explore everything there is to know about this iconic band of brothers in excess, sharing music, tours, videos, albums, and oh, so much more.
2: Well, hello. Welcome to excess Access All Areas, episode 55, where we dive deep into the legacy of this great band, Uh Express ourselves to the community, involve the community, and have a lot of fun. Now, B, I won't ask how your last in excess week has been, but I just want to ask how you are.
1: Me, I'm doing okay. Thank you. Thank you everybody for your well wishes and your lovely thoughts, and thank you for the people that send me daily emoji flowers, which has been really sweet. And um, I have got an in excess little link there, but. Um, Tim Ferriss sent me a photo of his cute puppy that he got this week, so that lifted my spirits too. So thank you very much,
2: Tim. Well, it's very difficult not to be enamoured by a cute puppy shot, huh?
1: No, no. It was very cute. And it was looking at his little grandson. It was beautiful. So thank you, Tim.
2: Well, look, we, uh, I guess last week in your absence, we did have Dr. Jim fill in, so we would like, uh, Mm. I guess, to sort of say thank you again. Uh, We do uh, have a tendency to wax lyrical about the rock hall of fame at the best of times, so I guess we uh, were able to sort of jump into uh, our sweet spot and do an official podcast and just go a bit deeper on what it all means exactly you know so um, it was
1: lovely it was really nice to hear you both very passionate about it I do have to apologize that I missed off I send a message <laughs> at the end but I have re put it in now so it's all out there yeah. so sorry to the Pete the couple of hundred downloads that for, at the beginning of the week that missed out on
2: that well I think it's got uh, a it calls it "Send a Message," Powderfinger pogo style. So there's a sort oh. of a, a musical <laughs> genre called pogo music, I think. So they do some sort of twist on it, which was quite interesting. And we also put in uh, "Bless My Soul," which was a uh, a song that a lot of a lot of listeners liked uh, uh, of Powderfinger and things as well. So uh, again, kudos uh, to those who gave us feedback on that. Also, just a couple other little things. We were striving to work out what the exact title of Niall Rogers' uh, induction was, and Throughout the week, ironically, an article came out just coincidentally to uh, recalibrate my memory, but he was sort of inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame in 2006, and then he, as I sort of said last week, he did get a sort of a a special induction in 2017 for musical excellence, but he hasn't sort of been inducted as a solo artist or for uh, Chic, the band. Um, But the fact that he's also now on a Committee there and has an in excess background with the band, and whatever. There it could be a little bit of a, an avenue in. So, uh, maybe uh, Dr. Jim and, and everybody, we can lobby uh, a good friend of the band, uh, Noel Rogers, to sort of put their name of in excess into the committee room in discussions.
1: Awesome. Well, well researched.
2: I guess, you know, in your, I won't say downtime, because you haven't had a lot of downtime in the last couple of weeks, but uh, <laughs> has anything come across your in desk in any particular way? I know, obviously, well wishes. Uh, I, I had was some flowers come your way.
1: I had a few things come my way, but unfortunately, I was out of hospital very quickly and yeah. a few of those things have gone, <laughs> got lost. So I hope they yeah. do come my way. I, I'm sorry that oh. I, I left hospital so quickly. They, I want the That's, beds, I suppose.
2: And again, look, it's probably hard going from sort of recovering sort of patient and then sudden, suddenly giving a uh, daughter, I guess, you know, um, your poor dad, you know, as some of the listeners know, did have a little bit of an accident uh, on a bike and it's been quite serious. And, you know, we um, uh, our heart sort of goes out to you and it seems like things have progressed to a level now where the recovery factor is starting to kick in. Um, so we just all want to express our um, good thoughts and wishes for you and your family.
1: Well, if there's one thing that I can say, people, um, friends, is um, just look again when you think you've looked once, just look again for a bike Um, because Dad was knocked off his bike by a car door opening. Yeah. Um, Just freak accident. But, yeah, if anything, just please just pay attention to that. That would be good.
2: Yeah. Um, and oh, look, I guess I, you know, linking to our community and our uh, patron base have been quite supportive, uh, mm-hmm. we have had a, uh, well, a semi-addition in terms of a donation this week from a, a Shannon Moonbee, yeah. who uh, I guess has in a way become a pseudo-patron with her donation and uh, she's done a big deep dive, but uh, that probably leads us into welcoming all of our patrons together. So okay. over to you. I'd like
0: to say hello to everybody outside on the highway. Let's all say hello to everybody outside.
1: It's about 10,000 people at least. Hello. And a massive hello to Nick Egan and Mark Opitz. And Sue D, Joe Robbins, Paul Buzi, Pedro, Lisa Urban, Foxy, Felicia, Sarah Markram, Laurie, Carmen, Matt Dean, Mandy, Linda, Danielle, Dr. Jim, Amanda, Leon, David, Sarah Akemia, Melissa, Emery, Lisa Calloway, Lisa McIntosh, Katie, Carrie Ann, Vern, Caroline, Paul Jolie, Sandrine, Tracy, Tony, Warren, Sue B, Sue P, Amanda, Ella, Ryder, Erica, Abigail, and Martin. <laughs>
2: All right, and as we like to do with today's episode give a little bit of a hint of the topic and uh, look we are very excited to get onto the uh, podcast series uh, Mark Opitz again uh, but in this particular sort of uh, topic today we are going to dive deep into the uh, live baby live or live baby live album uh, depending on how you pronounce it uh, and uh, you know we do know Wembley's coming up in a couple of weeks time in the 30th anniversary but uh, we're going to go more into the uh, the live album which basically covered other. Uh, corners of the world and other particular productions that Mark was involved with. And um, again, uh, this is an episode that I did sort of tape, uh, I guess, with Mark a couple of days ago uh, and we did have a few little Wi-Fi issues, so bear with us. Um, but it, it was sort of a controversial album at the time, be, and I guess Mark uh, is very honest a bit about you know what uh, that was like and how the album came about and uh, what he takes away uh, from the positives of that recording. Uh, experience. Um, and as we sort of touch upon, you know, it did go number eight in the UK, it went number three in Australia, it only went number 72 in the USA, uh, but it did sell over a million units there, you know, which hits platinum. So uh, far from being a bust, um, but it is just interesting getting a chance to hear uh, Mark's insights on the album.
1: Yeah, looking forward to
2: hearing it. Yeah, absolutely. But it is that time B for the news.
3: Hi, it's Dave from England, and you're listening to in Excess Access All Areas with Hayden and B. and now it's time for the news. All
2: right, well, as we like to start off in chart watch, uh, B, the week you were away was the week that the greatest hits or very best of fell out of the charts, but the mm-hmm. week you come back is the week that the album comes back in, so I'm going to put you down as the good luck charm.
1: Well, I did. Did you see that JB Hi-Fi had a big um, sale on? So I put a little bit of an advert out and said, bye, bye, bye.
2: <laughs> well, every little bit helps. And it look, it went back from 52 to 44. Um, and that's based uh, on the, the latest sort of chart updates that we have at the time of are recording. Um, also, two coming up in this next week, uh, it is sort of birthday season for an It seems like the... In Excess Parents had a lot of sort of fun activity Between about <laughs> October, November uh, And uh, obviously we have uh, Gary's birthday coming up on June 22nd And he's the oldest guy in the band, he turns 64 So,
0: no.
1: you know, who
2: would have thought, you know Lennon McCartney, when I'm 64, would apply to Gary Gary Beers No,
1: it's not right
0: <laughs> If i would out till quarter to three Would you lock the door still need me will you still feed me when i'm 64
2: all right and in gig watch the uh topic of the week being sort of live baby live or whatever uh there is a live baby live uh tribute band here in australia so we'd like to give them a little bit of acknowledgement on the 25th of the sixth, i think we've mentioned they are going to be playing their gig in new south wales or sydney in belmont uh, and also on the 14th of august they're doing one of the Arena leagues club as well so Uh, We'd like to give them a little bit of acknowledgement, both for the fact that they're playing In Excess music around the traps, uh, but is our theme uh, episode for the week. Also, two in very important news.
1: What important news have you got for us, Hayden?
2: uh, Pedro in Portugal has finally uh, clocked his CD collection by doing a very important trade with Danielle from Pensacola. And uh, Pedro has picked up In Excessive the uh, best of or the compilation of the Deluxe Years uh, on CD. And uh, Danielle, who's feeling very lucky, has picked up the Heaven Sent uh, picture disc, uh, CD single, etc., that she played uh, in her, well, the surgery there where she worked for a number of years. So we want to just acknowledge this trade, international trade between Portugal <laughs> and the USA.
1: This has made the news. Oh, sweet. <laughs>
2: All right, and in the last bit of news, uh, Andrew's been on all the platforms this week, I think talking a bit about actually releasing some background info to every song uh, that's on his country album. So I guess it's been a bit of a labor of love over the last couple of years, and uh, I'm just going to just give a little bit of a backdrop uh, song by song via Twitter or Facebook and things. And um, I think that's always interesting, especially as people start to know the songs better and, you know, what the origins are and just helps sometimes people relate to the music a bit better be.
1: Yeah, that's right. A lot of people like to hear a little bit more information, so thank you, Andrew, for putting those out.
0: I like, I'd like to get to know you because you're different than me. Yeah.
1: Pretty really excited to hear you talk about uh, the topic now, so let's go straight into it.
3: Hi, this is Ella from Nijmegen, the Netherlands. You're listening to Inexcess Access All Areas with Hayden and B, and now it's time for the topic of the week.
0: Mmm, I got a plan. Yeah, you got a plan. Got a plan ahead. I got a plan that'll make you a star. Make you feel like you make a fuss. Right ideas in a fast hill too Make you feel like you got to feel of glue
3: Gophers, welcome. Thanks, Hayden. Nice to be here. And hi, B.
2: Loving uh, thoughts with you, B. Mark. What makes a great live album, your opinion? Performance.
3: Yeah. Simple as that. Just a performance. You know, and, and, and that brings the magic. I mean, you are there with the great live album. You are there. Yeah, that's a great live album, Mike. I remember the first great live album I ever heard was uh, the Live Adventures of uh, Al Cooper and Mike Bloomfield. Yes. And that's gone gone way back. And had like, you know, guest artists on there as well. Like I think it was the first time I heard Carlos Santana. Yeah. uh, Or one of the first times and a few other people on on that particular album. Um,
2: It was interesting as a kid of the 70s, sort of growing up into the 80s and stuff like that. There were some live albums that maybe resonate with you. I had I wrote a few down here. Um, I think one in four Australians owned Hot August Night from Neil Diamond, the double live album. I think there was a stat there. Uh, Cheap Trick, live at the Budokan. Frampton Comes no, Alive. I
3: didn't,
2: yeah, I, I had that, yeah. James Brown, live at the Apollo. Great album. Yeah. Great album. This is one that I was sort of, I guess, cognizant at the time enough to really like, uh, Stop Making Sense, Talking Heads, uh, 1984.
3: Yeah, yeah. New York had three times in the early days, psycho killer days. I saw them. Great band live. Yeah. I saw them Radio City Music Hall, in New York as well. During that, um, over what's that? That huge album they had, Remaining Light. Yeah, yeah. With
2: um, Once in a Lifetime things. Johnny Cash, Folsom Prison. Uh, I guess live, uh, Folsom Prison Blues or whatever. There, that that's quite iconic. I guess in. In, in in sort of nature as well. Hendrix live at Monterey. The band, the Last Waltz.
3: Interesting you should say the Last Waltz because I've got the pre-fixed up version of the Last Waltz as well as how the Last Waltz ended up. And the difference between I know people bagged the inaccess album, Live Baby Live. You know, say it was all fixed up, which it wasn't. No. But the um, the difference between the, the live recordings of the Last Waltz and and the record that came out is astonishing.
0: We got Ringo and uh,
3: Ronnie Wood are going to help us out on this one too.
0: They say everything can be replaced. They say ever disturbed. they
3: As you pointed out, the biggest selling album of artists ain't necessarily the one that they'll be remembered for. Well, it will be the one they are remembered for, but the one that the artists will like or the, the or the real fan mm. will appreciate is, is usually a different album. Just, it's like ACDC, yeah. Power Rage and Black, and, Black and, you know, and all that sort of stuff you know, or Let To Be Rock or whatever you want.
2: One of the things I guess going to do a live album is probably this balancing act between sort of the, the raw live sound and keeping the integrity of performance, but also enhancing the listener experience, because, I mean, I've gone to a U2 concert and you get your video out and your phone out and you tape it. And it sounds shithouse when you play it back on your phone. Yeah. You know? So I guess, how do you sort of walk that fine line? Because I sense that live baby live must've helped you when you went to do the kiss stuff, because that was pretty full on for you, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, kiss was very full on, but no, the live baby live. If anything, it, it, you know, I spent longer on on the kiss stuff than live baby live because it's got an orchestra involved and and all the fixing you have to and tweaking you have to do with that. Yeah, but um, the thing that you, you mentioned, you know, how do you get that balance of integrity, sonic quality, and uh, what was the other thing you said? Um, it's
2: the listener experience,
3: I guess. The listening, yeah. and that's and that's what we tried to do. We 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 had this. I was also using a a, a, a three D audio technique at the time that was developed in America on the Live Baby Live album, that sort of half worked and half didn't work. So I think I got too involved in the enhancement of the whole thing rather than letting the rawness do its job, if you mm. know what I mean. Mm. And um, and which is the great thing about the video. You know, I I did as I said, did that in two and a half days when yeah. it came to do the, the the Wembley Stadium thing, as opposed to in you know, two two or three months in, for the album.
2: Um, I notice on the Live Baby Live, it says co-produced you and in excess. Um, you don't strike me as a territorial guy when it comes to credits or whatever. There was there any reason that it was co-produced, or I mean, you. It's yeah,
3: like- I do that a lot. Yeah. I do that a lot. You know. Um, You know, and there's no reason to do it. Shining Star, you know, that's the only studio track on, on the album, as you know, used both in the video and, and, and the album of songs. Um, in the video, it was just used for the end credits, I think. But the um, we started to, rec- we recorded that in a studio in um, in London so the day yeah. after, and, and yeah. of course, and you can imagine the day after the gig. You know, like it was, and then I had to mix the whole film like the day after that. The day, the night of the gig, it, we were also up. Oh, you know, like so much. Uh, <laughs> what do you call it? Um, Joy. It so, <laughs> but no, 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 no. The word is um, naturally chemical. Adrenaline. In body, um, adrenaline. Adrenaline. Adrenaline yeah. run through yeah. us. That we've gone back to the um, to the fantastic hotel we're staying in. We've got the. You know, upstairs, restaurant, totally booked out, partying away. You know, and got a few bits and pieces down, but that's pretty much as far as we got until we got back to Australia. And then when we got back to Australia, we took it into Rhinoceros Studios and, was, and you, know, had, you know, had a fair bit of fun, but but it was a little disjointed because, of, you know, and, and Andrew had written the song in the bathrooms at Wembley Stadium but during the rehearsals, uh, sound checks for Wembley. You know, he'd stay at the stadium and, and his little hidey hole was in the bathroom. You know, you never find him. Oh, yeah. That's I find him. That's what I always. After a while, I knew where to find Andrew anytime. So that's pretty fresh, isn't
2: it? He's writing the song pre gig, and then it's recorded post gig. It's a very quick turnaround, right?
3: Very quick turnaround. He probably had the idea beforehand, but he was putting together, you know, in the bathroom there at Wembley. And so, yeah, we did. We got as far as we could. Then we got back to Australia. So it's still a little disjointed because, you, you know, you, you, now a few weeks later, all of a sudden, we're oh, well, let's go finish the song off. It, it was a really interesting song, you know. It's, it's, I think it's a little underrated because it was never meant to be a hit single or anything like that. No. It was just, you know, like a new sensation or something or a mediate. It was just meant to be a bit of fun and but a bit of experimentation. I'm, I'm there one night, you know, and Michael's come in. He's just so drunk. You know, this is in Sydney with at Rhino playing around. And, all, and then Kirk turns up. With this, you know, uh, with a couple of friends, and, and this young country and western singer called Keith Urban. Oh yeah, yeah Keith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keith got the Stetson on, and you must yeah. know the story. Well, and no, no I knew he
2: sung backup vocals. I don't know the story
3: though. No. Oh yeah, well, yeah. Keith tells it so well to this day. Um, and so they you know, like so. I said, yeah, okay, great, extra backing vocals. And I'm well known for getting anyone who's around to do backing vocals, if because it gives an extra blend to stuff. I don't know. As long as you can sing a whole a tune, if you can't, just do it in unison, you know, to get that sort of sing-along feel to certain things, which you have to, you know, Shannon star. it's yeah, got yeah, that. Yeah. Idea. It enriches mm-hmm. the vocal, and you think of Daryl Hall on Original Sin and these things, you know. Uh, probably Denny Hines, maybe, I don't know, and Michael's in there and and everyone, but, of course, Michael's really drunk. And I've only put one mic up, and it's for the five people, so I can get that, one, that feel rather than be too high fidelity with it and it's the whole time you know i'm saying michael yeah it's yeah, just step back one more step you know because <laughs> he was like, so loud just step back one more step just step back one more step just step back because i already had his vocal on the chorus i didn't really need it there but he was so out of it i got to the point where i had him standing 10 15 feet behind everybody else you know mm-hmm. and, and until we got that right mix of of vocals going but again, just one of those funny little things. Uh, but shining star, yeah, it was an interesting song. As I said, you know, probably helped in in a way, though it, it, it probably not as obvious uh, to the listener. But for me, it, it sort of gave a bit of welcome where we were going to go when we got to that point.
2: It um, uh, had an audio technique that you used towards the end of the chorus that. I've heard before on a Midnight Oil song and I've heard it before on a uh, Queen song um, where it's almost that uh, echo chamber where it comes really loud and comes in, Oh, how, how do I describe it? You know, leave him with your heart. Uh, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, you know caught, what it, I mean? It's like right this down. big sort of echo chamber thing where Queen do it on some of their stuff and I've seen yeah,
3: Midnight you know, Oil do it on one true. of their songs. It sounds great, it's you know. It's really hard to do. Yeah. It's the thing about that effect. And, and, and you've got to – You know what I'm describing, but I can't describe I know. it. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's like a phasing effect. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah, and, and it, it
2: brings this sort of like quadraphonic thing going around you. It's exactly
3: great. right. And so it rises and falls in time with the song. So you get that effect. But, yeah, very very astute of you to uh, to, to notice. I mean, it, you can hear it. Everyone can hear it. But yeah. you, that was the effect. But, no, but I, it's, I, again, it, it's yeah. not as if you just put it in some piece of machinery and it doesn't. To get the timing right on, you've just got to press play and hope for the best. I think, Queen, play, I think
2: Queen do it, another one bites the dust. Uh, and I think in uh, the Mid-Hard yeah. yeah. uh, Truganini Song, Truganini, they do it in that, and I really love it. It's just sort of a very clever
3: production yeah. technique. Yeah. I said that it's a technique that was uh, based on what Ken Townsend did for The Beatles. Right. In at Abbey Road, which is where you're sort of lining up two tape machines to one and one slightly offset to the other one. Yeah. So so you're putting both machine both the sound to both machines, but you're putting the other one on slight vary speed, slowing that the other one the other tape machine down, then combining those sounds together is how you get that effect.
2: I guess at least production-wise, I know the band often sought your counsel between Shabu Shabar and Welcome, hey, listen to this, you know, between yeah, yeah, yeah. what they did with Nick Lorne and what they did with Chris Thomas. But did it sort of um, that time with uh, Shining Star and a few things there lend itself to Welcome? Like it, it was organic where it's like, hey, what about the next one? We really want to get a bit more musical?
3: Yeah, well, probably more to me because, you know, with Welcome because X is kick part two. Yeah. And and there, to me there wasn't enough adventure. I mean, Kick was a pretty adventurous album in a way with Mediate and, and stuff like that, that you know, and Nietzsche Tonight were pretty adventurous songs because it weren't what you were expected. Mm. But and and but X was sort of the same, even though Suicide Blonde was great, I would have loved to have had that on Welcome to Wherever You Are, for example. But for me, uh, you know, By My Side was like, well, yeah, great song, but it never tear us apart, part two. And I, I know you love The Stairs. Lyrically, I love The Stairs. But it, it's, again, it, it's, well, Michael, it's not, take, Michael, not taking I, yeah,
2: chances. I think when he was doing Welcome With You, he was sort of said, look, you know, I like X, but I think maybe if there was a criticism, it was a little bit polite. And I thought that was a good description.
3: I said, I, I "Hear that sound! Love that song!" Yeah. In the reason I love that is because we get to use Kirk's vocals, which is something I did a lot in Shabu Shabar, You know, yeah. he, like don't change. I, to look I, at I, you I, as well, you know, and all yeah. that. And, yeah. and, and then the intervening years, I couldn't believe how little he was used. Yeah, you know, ag- against Michael's baritone because he yeah. you know, Kirk had this great sound, and so it, it was important to use him on. Lots of stuff. You know, shining star. It's stuff on welcome. All that for me, and that, and that's why I love to hear that sound. It's you know because of Kirk's great sounding backing vocal I, on that, on X.
2: Speaking of Kirk, uh, I I do like the fact you tipped him in about tarting it up uh, with our media wars. Uh, <laughs> I, I I did I my one and only meeting with Kirk many years ago. I think around the welcome sort of full moon dirty hearts. He had been quoted as saying he he hated the song shining star. Which uh, yeah. is odd. I don't know whether he found the lyric a bit, uh, a little bit um, uh, cynical. You know, Michael sung it in a quite um, d- uh, detached way. Take your life, throw it on the bus, make a make a You know, like he, he didn't sing it with uh, a guttural, prim- primal. He sung it a bit in a detached way. <laughs> Maybe he was drunk. <laughs> I don't
0: know why, but we're putting out a non-live song as a single off the live album. Record company logic, folks, but it's a good song. It's, well, it's
3: kind of right because it's a kind of cynical, funny song about being a star. It was a fun song. It was never meant to be the serious thing. You know, it no. was always meant to be, you know, not throwaway. No, but have a bit of fun with a bit of music and, and do that. And you know, and for Kirk to say, you know, which is Kirk can say what he likes, but yeah. you know, he worried about shining star elegantly wasted as a title is far more dangerous than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Look the film clip you know, was was uh, I think shot in Sydney as well. It was quite a fun clip actually, you know. Was that, a,
3: that was a very expensive video. It looked like Ridiculously, it. Ridiculously. <laughs> it was so expensive. I, and I, I you know it, it cost a fortune that, that video. Yeah. Um, it shot at Joseph's or one of those nightclubs down there at near yeah. uh, uh, Sydney University. But yeah. um, no that was interesting.
2: Well, thank you for uh, being on, Mark, today. Amidst some of the technical difficulties, we will hopefully have it a little bit cleaner for the audience. But look, a couple of weeks' time, we'll have uh, Wembley, we'll have uh, Welcome Not Soon After, and then probably Full Moon. So a lot to sort of talk about, but I think they're going to be albums I think particularly you'll look forward to talking about too, given the pride you have in them.
3: Absolutely, and I've well and truly earned my patron status by that stage. I think.
2: You've already been, as you've noticed. <laughs> uh, uh, we did. Uh, I think uh, you sent a nice text about us acknowledging your M. Is it M.B. or O.B.E. Uh, which what's the
3: state? A.M. A.M. Sorry, I'm a me- A.M. Member of the Order of Australia, which yeah. I just have, have right here, actually. Somewhere. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> I'm in my office, so I've looked at it. But you
2: looked a uh, million dollars in the suit and uh, the family uh, were proud as punch. I think it must have been a great day for you.
3: It was. I mean, you know, a few of my kids put posts up, social media posts up. They um, did, yeah. And Madeline did. I, uh, uh, Alex put a great bunch of photos photo of me with sunglasses on, holding a glass of champagne, which I loved. A nice bag of fruit on, you know, that's occasionally, you know, Sometimes I have to wear suits <laughs> different <laughs> occasions. So, hey, but you know what? You're not a suit. Um, well, <laughs> mate, I, I'm, I'm not anything, I'm just me. I'm just yeah. this guy who puts one foot in front of the other, and how lucky am I to be here? You know, yeah, yeah. It's, it's nuts. It's just, yeah. it's just total nuts, yeah, you know, but um, that's all it is. And thank you to you guys for doing what you do because I think that, um, your passion for UMB is, is so obvious. You know how you doing the show. You know, God, fifty-five episodes, and you've really got it down. And, and I love the fact that you've, you've got your so many you involve your international audience members, which reminds me. A guy who got in touch with me from Italy who's written this book from a fan's perspective about In Excess, and I've told B about it. And I know B, I've got a handful for at for the moment, but it's certainly a guy you should speak to. There's What's it called? Six Australians. Ah, okay. Which is uh, interesting. It's very not just in excess, six Australians, but definitely worth reading his book.
2: (laughs) No, well, I mean, I'll I'll have have a look. There was something about another guy with a book, but I think he might have been a guy in Britain. um, No, this
3: guy's Steve C E C C H E C C -C 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 E. He's Italian. Okay. And he, he writes in English. It's not a big book. It's just more like a, it's a, a pamphlet, really. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, but it's it's a great story of him going to see the band. How he got to you know getting the train up from to Milan from his little village with his yeah, mates, yeah. and how his friends and he, you know, oh, you know, wandering <laughs> around the city until showtime, and, yeah, and yeah. you know, and about two or three of these shows that he's seen, and he writes it so well. Yes. And it really, it's a fantastic fan's perspective, you know, but it speaks perfect English, but um, but very interesting.
2: Well, we, we, we had, I mean, the fact that you're talking Italy and we've talked um, England and we had a guy who's listening at the moment in from Moscow. Um, I mean, it's just credit to the band and
3: yourself for being international, you know. Not at all. It's a credit to you and B for doing what you're doing. You've got to understand <laughs> it. seriously. I'm not, I'm, I'm not pissing in your pocket. No. Because your leg'd be warm if I was. Yeah. But it, it's, it's a real credit to you. You guys have, you've had the idea. You've gone ahead with it. You only met B once before you bloody well started the thing.
2: Yes, true, you know, true, and, true.
3: And, and you've, and you still had that, you know, passion and ability to. To drive this thing forward, no matter what's happened in your lives. I mean, look at B What's happened to her? You know, in the last week, last two mm. weeks. Mm. And uh, but that, you know, and I know there's a couple of episodes you haven't been around as well, where you can tell the bees picked up or whatever. But the it's it's a, it's a real credit to you that you guys do this, and and the way you do it, it really is.
2: Well, look, it's, uh, as I said, it's a joy for me to chat to you. Um, uh, you know, uh, as I said, when we first had you on, etc. cetera, there, your name sort of synonymous with just, you know, just uh, an era and not denouncing the current era, but just as you said, the blood, sweat and tears era, Sophisto-Punk, um, you know, read your book, loved it, you know, that's another deep dive in itself, you know, which is, you know, fantastic. The Wembley uh, thing in a couple of weeks' time will be great again because it'll give, uh, you know, you and Nick a real chance to sort of relive that, which um, okay. we're trying to do. We're trying to bring the listener experience into what happened.
3: Well, <laughs> well the, the thing we can do with with, with Nick as well, it, it, it's because it's it's more, it's, it's about our shared experience of of a period, yep. not just that album, you know. Yes. Centred around that album for sure. Yeah. But there was a, a lot going on, you know, with it, it, within excess at that time. And Nick and I just happened to be a creative part of that, which mm. was, which was a, a fucking great, you know, yeah. how lucky for both of us.
2: Yeah. When was the last time you spoke to him?
3: Oh, a few weeks back or maybe a couple months ago. I don't oh, know, okay. So. You know, just over over the thing. But before that, before you guys had him on, I hadn't spoken to him for a long, long oh,
2: okay.
3: time. Okay. Last time I remember I was in the back of his Maserati or whatever it was he had. <laughs> Thank you for yeah, bearing with that. me. No problem. I think you're going to have a few technical difficulties, you know, <laughs> putting it
2: all together. Oh, look, obviously, uh, Bea's great with sort of the editing and cutting out a couple of things and then letting it put a few little musical interludes in to sort of make it flow. You know, she's been good at that. Um, no, she's
3: great. Her, her production is, is fantastic, you know, and she's obviously uh, become, since it's first started, very production-minded about how she does things. Mm. And obviously, yeah. your your research is brilliant as well. So it's you're a good team.
2: Well, thanks again. What's what's happening with your life at the moment? Are you got anything on
3: on you know on the go for you? I've got calls with uh, Act Two Acts in Germany, so just to see if we can put stuff in place. I've got another act that's booked me for January the third to January the twenty third in next year, like seven months out. They're sending me contracts already. Wow! So, uh, overseas from, or locally? No, no, it's a local act. Hmm. Um, a band called Jacobs run out of Melbourne, and then I've got another act that's uh, act that's getting together with half of them are in London and half are in Australia, and putting the band back together again. Got to work out the logistics of how to do it, but it's. I think things are going to start picking up again, pretty hopefully, very soon, because I haven't done a lot of work in the last year and a half. Yeah. And, uh, to the point where I'm actually even thinking of moving to Japan, you know, if if within a year, if if things don't go where I want them to go, then I'm just, there's no point hanging around here. Tokyo reminds me of a a huge uh, carnival, like all bright lights everywhere, everything like that. But in the middle of this carnival, there's this merry-go-round and the merry-go-round is spinning at a thousand kilometres an hour and people are being flung off everywhere.
2: Well, it's, I lived in Shibuya, you know, and uh, I know yeah, and I remember walking up the hill during peak hour, and everyone's coming at you, and I'm about six foot, and they're all about mm-hmm. five seven, but they're all walking along with their umbrellas. It was like a stampede coming my way. I had to, you yeah. know, it was five yeah, o'clock great. on the clock, you know.
3: <laughs> well, that's got the most busiest street crossing in the world. So it is, Shibuya. yeah, Shibuya Station there, yeah. Asa as you um obviously Minato City, all that sort of stuff, that area. But yeah. then getting out to places like Katami, you know, down to the beach, you know, it's not a beach, it's a fishing village and and places like that. Obviously, going to Yokohama, seeing some great shows in Yokohama, which is yeah. still part of Tokyo. But you got the
2: big Shinjuku Park, and, you know, which yeah, is great. Yeah. And then Akihabara, Steel Town, Electric City, or whatever, you know, or, sorry, yeah. Electric Town, Akihabara. Yeah. Um, Seeing devices that were 10 years ahead of their time.
3: Oh, yeah. It's insane. <laughs> I just, it's, it's, and, and just the, the cleanliness of everybody. Oh, yeah. And, and the hygiene. The shops that just do the special. Back to Australia, you feel so uncultured, you know.
2: We, we you... used to keep the door unlocked. No, It was rude to lock your door there. It was so mm, honest. That's right. Um, that's
3: right. Rude yeah. to tip, rude to lock your door. Yeah. No, it's, it's a fabulous place. I
2: remember waking up in the early mornings to black crows, big ones, loud ones. Yeah. Real loud ones.
3: That's right.
2: Yeah. Like Damien, Damien the Omen, black, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much again. (laughs) Atsukare (laughs) samadeshka. Domo. Japanese is very good. I'll pass on your best to be. Uh, Thank you for getting on again. Uh, Good health to you and your family.
3: And to you, and call me anytime. All
2: right. Thank you, mate. Cheers. Bye. Ciao,
3: Hey, this is David from Garbing hi
2: this is Katie from England you know, it's Paul from Sydney hi this is Ella from the Netherlands this is Dr. Jim and that's a wrap alright B well that's a wrap uh, I guess uh, episode 55 in the can um, fan engagement you know you've probably had more fan engagement to you this last fortnight than uh, probably uh, at the history of our time but um Anything particular with certain people corresponding and, and sharing and stuff in it, you know, in excess related?
1: Well, I just want to go back to Shannon Moon, and um, thank you, Shannon. That's a lovely email that we got, and fantastic that you've donated to the um, podcast via um, the uh, PayPal. Thanks to everyone who has also subscribed to the website. I sorry, but I'm a at loss for words for um, the. Uh, the Amount of well wishes, so thank you again. I also'd like to give a big congratulations to Virginia on the on winning the Elegant League Wasted t shirt on eBay. The next um, item for bidding will go up um, in probably tomorrow, and that is the Devil Inside 7 inch vinyl. Now, that comes in a little pack, and it also has some gorgeous um, and cards of each of the band members as well so it's absolutely mint inside it's just got a, probably a tiny little tear just where you open it but otherwise everything is completely mint in there and yes it was in Timmy's collection so it will come with an autograph of um, authentication <laughs> I can't never say that word Authentication. No. Anyway, he's got his signature. I hope you can all understand what I'm saying.
2: Um, over to you. All right, B. we did announce last week in your absence that we would be getting a guest member of the band on the show finally, episode 56. Woohoo! And uh, we're going to put him under the pump by naming who it is. So Timmy has agreed to come on to our next podcast. So for all the fans out of Timmy Tuesday and Timmy Farris, he's our first excess guest member on.
1: Oh, God, I hope I don't faint. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. What am I going to wear? Oh, my God. Yes, yes, I won't panic, but, yes, I can't wait. I'm very excited. Um, yeah, get your, um, get your um, questions in, everybody. I know I'll have a few.
2: So that should be very exciting, and uh, I guess uh, we will be doing a deep dive and talking all things about Tim, which uh, I did ask the fans last week to send your questions in as patrons. We are going to be seeing the best four questions up to or setting up the best four questions uh, for Tim to answer uh, based on the best questions that come in. So uh, please, we've been inundated, but still uh, we haven't got our best four yet. So send them to
1: me um, or Hayden at inxsaaa at gmail.com.
2: All right. Uh, Now it's time for the tribute song. And we thought in light of uh, the episode with Mark, we would like to put uh, a song that was on the album, that was really a gateway song seemingly from uh, NXS's uh, X days through to Welcome to Wherever, You which was the song's sort of shining star. And as Mark said, it was a song he's particularly proud of and it seemed to open up some sonics and some trickery and some, some production advancements for the band, um, probably in a more musical sense uh, and risk-taking sense, um, uh, that, uh, you know, I guess shaped, you know, the Welcome album that was to follow from that. Um, The song did actually hit number 21 in Australia, did hit 27 in the UK. Uh, And as Mark said, it was probably one of the most expensive film clips ever made. And it's probably the the, the funniest clip and sense of humour clip that the band have put together. Uh, But I remember at the time, Tim did say that it sounded a little bit like, you know, the the, the clash uh, in terms of influence. uh, And he's very proud of it. Even if Kirk, I remember at the time, wasn't as proud of it. So... Uh, it's a goodbye from me.
1: Before I say goodbye, I just want to dedicate this episode to my daddy. Dad, you just hold up there and you get better as soon as possible. Everyone's thinking of you. And, Dad, you are my shining star. And it's a goodbye from B.
0: Mm, I got a plan. Yeah, you got a plan. You got a plan ahead. I got a plan that'll make you a star. Make you go rich, make you go far. Take a life, throw it on a bus. Make you feel like you make a bus. Right ideas and a fast hill, too. Make you feel like you got to be the glue. Shine a star.